Hey everyone, welcome back to Being Human is Weird. Today, Chris Rabinera is back for a second episode. So Chris, thank you for being here. And if you wouldn't mind, do a quick introduction of yourself and kind of anything else you'd like for us to know. For sure, for sure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Again, I appreciate it. I love being here and just shoot the the breeze with you guys. My name is Chris Rabinera and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I provide online therapy in California, Michigan, Nevada, and most recently, Nebraska. I specialize in working with high performers. I offer services for burnout, anxiety treatment, depression, individuals with relationship problems, and grief counseling. I heard you mention burnout, and we've talked about stress, work stress, that kind of thing. So what exactly is burnout or how can someone identify if they are in the throes of it? I mean, there's the technical definition of what burnout is or when people are burnt out. They are emotionally exhausted. They depersonalize their work, feel as though they lack a sense of effectiveness and a lack of accomplishment towards work. You know, but the way that I define it is that you are unable to see both the good and the bad in the world. I've experienced it before. You get in this never-ending cycle of being pissy. Everything is wrong. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if everything is right. It's something good happens to you and it turns into, I mean, yeah, I guess it was positive, but blah, 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 blah. So what's the difference between burnout and just feeling really stressed? Burnout is that next level. What I would say is with stress, it's the chronic stress that occurs at work over and over and over again. And that stress just doesn't get cleared out or doesn't get processed. And so it's just that buildup over time that leads to burnout. With the stress cycle, first we talk about the stressor, the difference between stress and the stressor. So the, so I think the easiest way I can explain it or the stress cycle is, all right, we're going to go back in the day and we're, we're cavemen, right? So we're going to go out and we're going to hunt. And while we're hunting for food, we see a tiger and we're like, holy crap, there's a tiger right there. And we, and, and, you know, we get a stress, we feel stress. They, we release cortisol and stress hormones and our body goes into fight, flight, or freeze mode. And we, we get back to our cave, we get back to safety, there's no more tiger. And so what happens is the stressor is the tiger. Uh, we have our stress response, which is the release of hormones in our body. We go into fight or flight mode. And then once we leave the situation, uh, the stressor is no longer there because there's no more tiger. Now, what happens with our body is even though the stressor or the tiger isn't there anymore, we still have the stress response. Traditionally, what happens is our body processes that experience and we go back to homeostasis, our hormone levels go back down to normal. What happens with chronic stress is we never really complete the stress cycle. We kind of just push down our emotions and feelings. And so when people talk about chronic stress, that's what they're talking about. So we're in the stress cycle and we haven't necessarily completed it. This is going to be like a 17 part question. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that. How do we identify when we're reaching the point of burnout? 
How do we stop that? Or do we want to complete that cycle so that we can come out of it? Always want to complete the stress cycle. Always talk with my clients about having a routine. And, you know, there's the self-improvement piece of the routine. There's the physical aspect of a routine. I always push the mental health aspect. In terms of what I would suggest people do, just starting off, people should get the appropriate amount of sleep, you know, seven to nine hours, whatever their body needs. People should eat regularly. People should get movement. And one thing that I'm actually, that I'm about personally is lift weights two days a week. Okay. And do yoga once a week. Movement daily is essential. You know, people say 30 minutes a day. Yeah, follow that. One thing that I think about that just comes up in my mind is, you know, when people talk about the runner's high, I think that I think that actually just might be like completing the stress release cycle right there. I have never experienced it. And I think it's complete bullshit because running sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You do experience it after that or after a hard workout, I do feel more energized and better. I just feel better. That may play a role in releasing stress and managing stress. Okay. So throwing that deep breathing in there in some way, shape or form. So that's one. Another thing to add to a routine that I like to suggest to everybody is just journaling or free writing. There's tons of journals out there to look up. You could just look up journal topics to write on a daily basis. I suggest people start writing about three good things or three wins that they had during their day. It's a little gratitude piece. Get them in a better mindset and just write and write and write. And it kind of helps process what you experienced that day or the day before. Even though these things, the the deep breathing, exercising, journaling, those types of things, explain how even though they don't necessarily attack the problem head on, they still help to solve issues. It may not like it may not seem like it, but everything is connected. When you work on your mental health overall, when you do these things, when you get on a routine, it doesn't matter that you're not working specifically on this one issue at the time. It's gonna raise your mood overall. One example of these like small changes is it's called behavioral activation, okay? And traditionally it's used when people are feeling depressed or have a depressed mood. And so when they're feeling down, just the act of doing something, of getting that movement in. Ooh, okay. Starts to change the mindset. So a lot of people think with depression, you have to work from the inside out, meaning the way that you think, you change the way you think, it's going to change the way that you, um, yeah, the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. With behavioral activation, the idea is if you start doing, if you like, if you start going for walks and things like that, if you start to do things, do activities, you start to activate your behaviors, that changes your mindset. So it's working from the outside in. I think that that's something we kind of take for granted because so many of us are like, well, I'm stressed. I need to go to Maui for 10 days or quit my job or something like that. No, you just need to eat a banana and go for a 30 minute walk every day. (laughs) You know, when someone's like, I need a vacation, I need to get the hell out of this place. This this place is driving me nuts. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple things there. There's the 
smaller immediate interventions that you could do or the small practices that you could do. There's the bigger practices and then there's those huge extravagant trips that you're talking about. Sure. So take for instance, okay, so you're really, really stressed out at work, something's happening or you have some sort of life situation. One small intervention is, yo, just take five deep breaths. A bigger intervention would be like, all right, I'm going to come home and I'm going to knit today or I'm going to crochet. I'm going to crochet for 30 minutes. If that's the way you fill your cup, okay, great. Now then there's those huge interventions like I'm going to go to Maui or I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to take some days off and I'm going to do, I'm going to go travel or I'm going to go reconnect with friends or family. So there's different types of interventions that anybody could use. It's all about knowing what your coping skills are and what actually fills your cup. So what is something small that you could do in the moment? What is something medium and what is something big or a few things in each category? Because a lot of times, like you're saying, Chris, you come home and you don't want to think anymore. I don't want to make any more decisions all day. I made decisions for myself, for others. So having that list to just turn to so that you don't just flip on the TV or you don't just grab your phone. And there are probably people listening thinking, well, grabbing my phone does fill my cup. No, it does not. (laughs) Then you hit something you don't want to see that frustrates you. You're on social media and it pisses you off and then you're thrown off again and the cycle starts again. So maybe make a list of things that actually fill your cup that have nothing to do with the internet or the TV. How are you interacting with that tool? Great point. Most people pick up the phone, then they start scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or whatever they're scrolling on. And all they're doing is scrolling and reading. They are passively Mm -hmm. interacting with that tool. It's totally different if you actually have a real community where you're talking to other people. Now that we kind of know what stress is, know what burnout is, and I'm sure everyone listening has experienced one or both at some point. And if they haven't, um, please hang up because we, you please leave. <laughs> because we, we uh, or, or call in and tell us how you lived your life for tips. But at what point can someone assume that they are either burnt out or chronically stressed And how does that affect our brains and our bodies? I would say when people get burnt out, the first thing is that they're just chronically tired, emotionally exhausted. Being emotionally exhausted, it's like they don't really care about anything. Mm. I think one of the biggest things to think about when people are feeling burnt out is, do I feel like me? Is this the person I want to be? Am I happy here? Or am I happy in this state, this physical state, this emotional state? Am I happy? How am I feeling? I think being able to just recognize what your baseline is, is essential to understanding where you are. Because I mean, how how are you supposed to really gauge? Like today, if if we were to figure out, hey, am I feeling burnt out? Am I feeling stressed? Just from our past experience, we'll know where we, where we are. Mm-hmm. Well, no, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit stressed. Uh, I'm feeling anxious. And again, these feelings, uh, feeling anxious can mean a lot of different things to different people. It could be a tight feeling in their chest or in their stomach. Or, you know, somebody's leg just con- continuously moves and shakes. Or they wring their hands out. So it looks like different things to different people. 
Mm-hmm. One of the first things that I would always check is, again, are you feeling emotionally exhausted? Do you give a damn about anything? What do you give a damn about? Now, if it's pertaining to work and work burnout, it could be how am I feeling towards my job? Do I just feel constantly frustrated by management? If you are in customer support or you work with uh, clients or customers face-to-face, how am I treating those customers? Am I treating them nicely? Am I a jackass? <laughs> What's going on? Mm-hmm. And is there a reason for it? And the first question that you asked was the one that hit me the hardest. And it's, do I feel like myself? And are you so far removed from that, that you don't even know what feeling like yourself feels like? Yes. And I think one of the biggest things and one of the saddest things mm-hmm. is that people don't know how they're supposed to feel. Maybe yeah. it's they haven't they haven't been taught or they haven't put the effort towards learning that. And you could always start. What would you recommend when you start noticing those things to either practice or tell yourself? Okay, so I would say the the biggest thing is first recognizing what's going on. So again, use that emotion wheel and figure out where you are emotionally. Okay, so this is what I'm feeling right here, right now. If you're able to recognize that and acknowledge, hey, I'm feeling this way, the next thing to do is inquire, wonder about where is this actually coming from? What's actually going on? And it may not be the time and place to actually do it right there and then. So let's say you're at work, boss comes down on you, you're you're very pissed off because didn't give you clear instructions or whatever. You're pissed off. If you're able to recognize, hey, I'm feeling this way right now, what do I need to do? Do I need to take a quick break, quick breather, just walk away, calm down for a little bit? When you have the time, just do a little bit of exploring. Hey, what actually set me off right there in my last interaction with my boss right there? What was it? Is it what they said or is it something about the way that I was feeling about this? Something terrible happened. Yeah, you should feel sad. Mm-hmm. It's normal and natural. And that's that's where we're wondering, hey, is this okay? Should I be feeling this way? If I feel I'm reacting normally, then I don't need to do anything with that. I just need to be there and be present with it. If I'm overreacting, maybe it's, I feel this way because this was something that happened to me or I felt like this brought me back to being a kid and I was being yelled at by my parents. This is something with my relationships that I've had. The thing to go to next is, what do you actually need? And when I talk about the need and nurturing yourself, your inner self. We're going through this example of getting yelled at by your boss. You're feeling like, or this comes from you feeling like a kid and feeling like you're unworthy. Okay, what needs to happen inside of you to feel okay? Like, how do I nurture this child within me? Maybe it could be, hey, I need to set boundaries in this situation. Maybe it's, I need to work on some other areas of my life. That's where this deep exploration, or this is where like a professional kind of helps Mm -hmm. if you're not there or just reading books or learning about it and what you can do to improve your mental health and self-esteem, things like that. So there's this nurture piece. It could be, hey, right now I just need a breather. Or it could be, hey, I need to connect with somebody right now. I actually write an entire blog about this. It's called The Rain Technique. And it's a great starting point for people to recognize their emotions and acknowledge what's going on, inquire about what, what they're inquire about where this actually comes from and then nurturing it. You mentioned kind of checking in, bringing that awareness and, oh, here's my cat. 
Um, what does this inner child in me need? <laughs> How do we start to identify that? Because I feel like an initial reaction is either resistance or saying, well, I don't know. I don't remember. How can you start that process? Self-reflection. Okay. Journal. Talk with people that actually really know you. There are bite-sized interventions out there. If you're saying you don't have 10 minutes, you have 10 minutes when you're driving. You have 10 minutes during lunch break. You have five minutes during lunch break. You could do something during those times. When people say they don't have time, I just say, sounds like you're choosing not to have the time. And yes, I understand when, when things are going crazy and shit's hitting the fan and you don't feel like you have time for yourself. There's always a couple minutes here and there. You can always take a deep breath here. Thank you for all of this. I feel a lot better and I took... <laughs> Took a bunch of notes. <laughs> I kept muting myself because I write. I'm writing on a glass. My paper's on a glass table. I was like, well, I hope nobody can hear this. If you could just kind of not necessarily sum up the episode, but sum up. I'm feeling very stressed. I might be reaching the point of burnout. What are three small things I can do that are very important for me to start right now? That is a great question. This is going to be a quick side tangent here. I'm sure people have heard about, hey, yeah, start doing yoga, start doing exercise, do better self-care, and all of that other crap out there, right? Mm -hmm. All of that works. All of that 100% works. Oh, yeah, for sure. But what actually happens is that we don't have the activation energy. You have to start something new, and that takes energy, and no one has any time for that or, or energy for that. Uh, the first intervention that I think about this, these bite-sized interventions, the first one is three good things that happened during your day. If that doesn't really resonate with you, think about three wins for the day. And so the research shows that just doing that intervention for 14 days has just as good outcomes as antidepressants. All right. So another one would be going for walks. Go for a walk after your lunch. Go for a walk after every meal. 10 minutes walk. Can't do that. Get up, walk to your mailbox, come back. A five minute walk. Do whatever you can to get some of that movement in. And then I would, I would say the last thing is do deep breathing. Five deep breaths every day. Mm -hmm. so, you, so in terms of our interventions, we got five deep breaths. We have five minute movement. And we have three good things. Again, for those of us thinking, I don't have time, I don't have time. The harsh reality is you probably are never going to. So you need to make it. Make yourself and your mental health a priority, period. If you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share, all of those things that the kids are doing. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at beinghumanisweird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you. So slide right into our DMs with questions, comments, and what you'd like to hear more of. And thank you so much for listening, weirdos.